This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How y'all doing this morning? Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Good to see you all today. This is the day the Lord has made. So what are we going to do? And what else? Rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you have a choice? Well, let me ask the rest of you. Aren't you glad that you have a choice? We have a choice. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And Jesus made that possible. Amen. Did y'all bring your Bibles with you this morning? How many of you have a Bible? A, A literal Bible. Can you hold that up for me? Oh, yeah, I like you guys. Hallelujah. All the old folk and some of the young. and Yeah, it's good. Hallelujah. You know, the, it makes, uh, the scriptures make it clear that the Bible is God speaking to you. Amen. And so we really ought to cherish it in every way possible because it makes a huge difference in your life, whether you allow it to influence you or whether you allow other things to influence you. Hallelujah. But Jesus came so that you and I could have life and life more abundant. Amen. Amen. How many of you like that idea? Amen. You got to do life his way. Amen. And that's not without challenge. You know, sometimes it's external, sometimes it's internal. And you have to deal with all of those kinds of issues where your personal life is concerned and so on and so forth. But man, I'll tell you what, he loves you with an everlasting love. He wants the very best for you, praise God. He's got your interests at heart. He's not against you, he's for you. You know, it's sad. I mean, you know, you think about it in a lot of religious circles and things of that nature. They don't even know what the will of God is. They don't know that God's a good God. They don't know what, I mean, I don't know why it's so difficult for us to understand when you read scriptures like God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, it doesn't get any clearer than what God did in the giving of his son to let you know how much he cares about you. Amen. But you know, man, they have a way of screwing everything up. And so thank God we can just stick with the word, stick with the Bible. And don't get off on all this other kind of weird, you know, psychological bunch of junk that doesn't amount to a hill of beans and certainly doesn't help anybody. Amen. And that's just me speaking. Hallelujah. But, you know, the reality is, praise God, he said you will know the truth and the truth will do what? Make you what? Make you free. Hallelujah. You know, it's interesting in the context of what Jesus was saying there, he was talking to a bunch of religious people bunch of Pharisees, you know, and sad, you see, they were sad, you see. Anyway, uh, and um, they said, well, we're, we're Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage to anybody. And what they didn't realize is, is whoever serves sin, he's a slave to it. But Jesus, thank God, came so that you and I could be made free. The Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you. So thank God we don't have to labor or, you know, bear up underneath all of that kind of business. Praise God. He came to set the captive free. Hallelujah. We don't have to be bound by sin. We don't have to be bound by drug addictions, abuse, uh, alcohol, all of those different kinds of things, you know, that so often destroy people's lives. Even unforgiveness, resentment, uh, jealousy, all of these kinds of things. We We don't have to be under the bondage of any of that if we don't want to. You know, sometimes we get lied to. The God of this world will tell you things that aren't true. How many of you know he's a liar? Huh? I mean, all he does is lie. Jesus said that he is the father of lies, and he said there is no 
truth in him. He is incapable of telling the truth. Now, he might tell you a little bit just to get you on the hook, but then after that, it goes down fast. So, again, I just say, you know, the Word of God is so vital, so important, that you and I be students of the Word. Hallelujah. Human reasoning, wow. It, it can get you in a lot of trouble. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, you get to entertaining different things and ideas and things that are inconsistent with the Scriptures and what it is that Jesus has told us to do. And then all of a sudden, man, you're in the weeds someplace and you don't even know how you got there. Well, thank God for His Word. And I'm glad you're here today because at least, praise God, you're, you're putting yourself underneath the influence of the Bible so that it'll help you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. F.F. F. Bosworth, he wrote the book, Christ the Healer, had incredible, incredible ministry, a healing ministry in years gone by. And he said, what's unfortunate about most people is, is that they'll make sure that their bodies have three hot, warm meals a day, and they give their spiritual being one cold snack a week. Well, you know, if, if you only ate one, even one hot meal a week, well, you'd be an emaciated kind of mess, wouldn't you? I see, I, sooner or later, you'd be in trouble. You might be able to do that for a little while, but not very long. So thank God we need the Word. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Huh? Richly. Abundantly. Glory to God. So you have to become a student of the Word. You have to learn, praise God, to give diligence to the study of the Word of God so that you can rightly divide the Word of truth, not wrong. Are you with me? Well, you know, I know what the Bible says. You know, I've kind of, you know, different preachers. I follow, I've been around a while. You know, I know what kind of, you know, probably you don't know near as much as you think you do. Amen? Because again, we mix that in with, you know, our own kind of thinking and whatever it is that we're comfortable with. And I'll tell you this much about it. The Bible will challenge you. Thanks for your enthusiasm. There's a few of you nodding your head, but not very many. Yeah, you know, the Bible, the Bible says that it is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And it talks about for instruction and different things, but it talks about correction. It talks about reproof. Huh? <laughs> yeah, baby. <clears throat> it's tight, but it's right. Yeah, it talks about reproving. And we'll talk a little bit about that. How many are you excited about that concept? Yeah, you will be, praise God, because if, it do, if it's done in the proper context, it'll bless you. Praise God. And so anyway, so you all have your Bibles, right? Let's open them to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Isaiah, chapter 43. So good to see all of you today. We want to welcome those that are watching online. Glad you can be with us as well. Praise God. Hope you have a Bible there someplace. We're going to get into the Word of God. We're going to get blessed. And uh, we're going to learn something. And not only that, we're going to make some decisions. How many of you want to make some decisions? Some good decisions, some quality decisions. A decision that will change your life, that will bless you, that will help you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hadn't Pastor Brian been doing a fabulous job to kind of kick this year off? Huh? Amen. You know, talking about this being the greatest year of your life. Woo! Glory to God. You know, how many of you have had some pretty good years? Well, this could be greater than your pretty good years. Again, you know, praise God, a lot of that's going to be up to us, up to you, up to me, what it is we decide, where it is that we go, what it is we do. 
So this morning, uh, let's begin, first of all, by Isaiah chapter 43. Now, I'm going to read this out of the uh, New Living Translation. And it's just more readable. Uh, you know, sometimes when you get into the King Jimmy, uh, you know, translation gets lost. You know, for example, in the King James, it uses the word toe for the word wick. I mean, in other words, a candlestick, you know, the wick on a candlestick. Well, the King James uses the word toe. You don't know nothing about that, right? You'll re you would read that and go, what? So we're going to read it as something you can understand. That'd be all right. Yeah. Notice with me, if you would, as Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15. Wait a minute. We need to pray. Forgot about that. All right. And you say, well, what are we going to do that for? Because we're going to set our heart to understand. We're going to put our mind and our heart in front of the Lord in humility, and we're going to say, God, teach me what I need to know. Would that be all right with you? Huh? You know, now, if you've got your emery board out there, you know, and you're getting ready to work away on your fingernails and all that, you know, and do it, put that thing away. Okay, that's not what this is about. And for those of you that are texting back and forth in the church, shut your phone off. Okay? Put it someplace where you can't feel it hum or anything like that. And, and put yourself in a place to receive from heaven. Because I'm telling you, you know, people don't think much about it, but I'm telling you, all, those, just those two things, and God only knows what else we can come up with. Well, you know, I wonder what, you know, and they get on their phones and they, dude, you are missing the forest for the trees. There is a moment here where you have the potential for God to speak to you and into your life and change it forever. And in the meantime, you know, you're out thinking about how you need to cut the grass or something. You know what I'm saying? So let's not do that. Besides, I wasn't talking about you, you. Just other people, right? Hallelujah. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. We, we come today, Father, with hungry hearts. We're grateful for this new year that you've given us the privilege to be a part of. Thank you for this generation that we live in, Father God, what it is that you've called every one of us to. I thank you, Lord, that every person in this room today, you have a plan for each and every one of them. And God, it's our pursuit, it's our desire, it is our hunger and passion to know what that plan is and to follow it. I thank you for giving form and shape to each and every one of our lives, that when we go from this place, Father, that we've been enriched, that our lives have been enhanced, and that our heart, Father God, has been warmed by the very presence of the Holy Ghost to know the will of God more perfectly. Thank you, Lord God, for revealing your will, making your will known to all of us. And so, Father, we humble ourselves right now. Humbly we come, Father, before you, in reverence to receive what it is that you, through the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit, have to say to each and every one of us. And we just thank you, Father, for your blessing. Oh, how we rejoice, Father. Glory to God. We rejoice in your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15, reading again from the New Living Translation, it says, I am the Lord, hallelujah, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opens a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I call forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. 
And I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned, and their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Now, you know, you got to think about this for a little bit. If you drown the whole Egyptian army in the Red Sea, that's a big deal. But he said, don't even worry about that. That's nothing compared to what it is I'm going to do. Some people have, you know, again, theologians that go, well, you know, where they crossed the Red Sea, it was, the water was only, you know, ankle deep. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's a greater miracle still that the whole Egyptian army was drowned in ankle deep water. So come on. You know, I tell you what, people do everything they can to try to explain the Bible away. But thank God it is true exactly what happened. But again, note in this scripture, it says, forget about all that. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do something new. How many of you are ready for something new? Come on, how about, you know, us stirring ourselves up, praise God, for something that God wants to do new in your life. Now, it's going to take some courage. It's going to take some faith. It's going to take some action on our part. If you always do the same thing, you're always going to get what you always do. Are you with me? So there has to be a change. And that's what we're going to talk about today, change. Everybody say, I like change. Don't lie about it now. Come on, because I'll tell you, you know, human nature resists change. Well, I kind of like it. Don't be messing with my stuff, you know. You all have your little, your, your perches in your house, you know. And you got all your garboo there, you know, and you know right where it is. My wife, she tried to get my lip balm away from me. I said, you can use it, but you put it back. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we get all comfortable, you know, within our surroundings, and we say, by golly, this, I like this. Don't be messing with my stuff. Well, God wants to mess with your stuff today. I just want to let you know that's, that's what this is all about. He's going to come, and he's going to go, bam, 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 and you're going to have the opportunity to either open the door or say, go away. And I trust that every one of you are going to open that door. Can you say Amen. He said, I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. Now, maybe last year wasn't real good for you. Maybe it's described as the desert or the wasteland or the whatever. But he says, man, I want to do something different this year. <clears throat> so he's going to ask you, you ready? He's going to say, are you in? He's going to ask you, how big is your want to? Because I tell you this much about it, dude. If you ain't got no want to, it ain't going to happen. You got to be hungry. I said, you have to be hungry. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Come on. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to get some, you know, somebody needs to light a fire under you. In order for you to, you know, people all the time, they'll blame God. Well, you know, how come God isn't blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and they, dude, go look in the mirror. I said, look in the mirror. Because he said, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope, give you a future. Come on. What are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to gripe. I'm going to complain. We're going to talk about the preacher. 
I'm going to talk about this and that and the other and the whatever. And I guess what? And guess what? Nothing. I said nothing is going to change in your life. Nothing's going to happen. But you know, if you take another attitude and you say, God, you're smarter than I am and I'm in. And I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to do the will of God and praise God, you're going to change me from the inside out. You're going to bring me up. You're going to lift me up. You're going to cause my life to live higher than what it was back then. I believe God wants to do that for all of us. I said, I believe that God wants to do that for all of us, including you. But you know what? The decision's yours. How this is all going to play out? Pastor Brian started off, hey, this could be your best year yet. Hey. But I can tell you this much about it. There ain't nothing going to change, dude, unless you decide that you're going to change. And we're talking about spiritually. Huh? Now, here's the good news. Thank God you don't have to do it by yourself. Huh? I'll talk to you a little bit about that as we go along. But I want to talk to you about the great change agent. The great change agent. Brian's been talking about this year, you know, being the best year yet. And hallelujah, I believe it's going to be spiritually and every other way. Because if you if spiritually things change, everything else changes. Are you listening to me now? You know, here's the thing you have to understand is, is that, you know, to have the best year yet or ever or however, listen, it necessitates, everybody say necessitates, it necessitates change. You got to change. You got to do something different than what it is that you're doing. The definition of insanity, of course, you know, is to do the same thing and expect a different result. It doesn't happen. So there has to be change. Now, a change agent, you know, a change agent. What is that, Pastor? A change agent is a person or something that causes a change in the way things are done or in the way things are viewed. Let me read that to you again. It's a person or something that causes a change in the way things are done or in the way that you view things. How many of you know we could use some changing on the way that we look at stuff? Huh? And thank God for his living word. In other words, you know, you get yourself a personal trainer. People, you know, they'll hire somebody and they say, you know what, I'm, I wanted this, I wanted this. In other words, they got a goal. You know, they want to get, they want to lose some weight. They want to, you know, do this or that or the other. I want to get back in shape, whatever. And so the trainer is responsible. He's the change agent. He said, okay, if that's what you want, then this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to eat clean. You're going to have to, you know, do some exercises, you know, and there's other things, you know, that that he'll get him engaged in and so on and so, or her uh, engaged in this and that and the other. And guess what about that process? That that sounds great. People say, hey, 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 I'm in until we get started. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, just about time you get all fired up, you know, and your body, everybody say body, your body starts to talking. It says, I don't like you, and I don't like this, and I want that. And, you know, it, it, it has a voice. Huh? Well, again, you know, if you want change, and your change agent, the trainer, has said this is what needs to do, this is what you have to do, then praise God, that's what you got to do. 
But here's the thing I want to tell you this morning. One of the greatest change agents that I know of is the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you what, praise God. I mean, he is the all and one great change maker. Now, if you're born of the Spirit of God, he's in you. Jesus said he'd come and make his abode within us. So again, if you're a child of God, you got the change agent in you. Now, the question is, are we going to let him do his job? Boy, if you could only see the enthusiasm that is in the eyes and minds and faces of the people that I'm preaching to. Woo! Glory to God. He is, without question. And I know that firsthand because of my salvation, of my being converted. In other words, receiving Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. I mean, it was supernatural. It's not natural, it's supernatural. Because the Bible says that you and I, without Christ, are by nature, our nature is that of a child of wrath. In other words, we're alienated from the life of God because we are born into sin. That's why Jesus came, so that he could come into our lives and praise God, renew us, make us new creations from the inside out, and not only that, but empower us. Everybody say empower. He's empowered you. You got it, baby. I mean, he has empowered you to do things that you, you can't even begin to imagine. And that's what happened when I gave my life to him. But you have to understand, it requires surrender. And let's be honest, let's just get right down to where the you know, rubber meets the road here. A lot of folk are not ready to surrender. And with God, unfortunately, you know, I mean, I wish there was another way, but it's either all or nothing at all. So unless you're willing to surrender and, and submit to him, Maybe this conversation and message I'm sharing with you doesn't have a lot of relevance, but you're going to have to. Now, here's the, here's the other side to that. You know, if, if we're in our right mind, why wouldn't we? Because why? He has the best things of our interests at heart. He wants, us, he wants to put us over. He wants to breathe, be the change uh, agent in our lives so that, praise God, we can be everything that God wants us to be. See, if you've been filled with worry all your life, God says, let's, let's replace the worry with peace. Let's let you become a person possessed of peace. Let, you know, if, if fear is the thing that's dominated your life, and then all of a sudden God comes along and says, listen, you don't have to fear anything. Praise God, let's replace your fear with faith. And let's let faith be the thing that, that drives our lives in a direction that leads to the blessing of God in everything that we say and we do. Come on. You say, well, you know, Pastor, you know, you just, you can't always be that way. I mean, you know, there's just stuff that comes. And I mean, you know, after all, I mean, we're just dealing with all kinds of stuff. Well, you know, I understand that we live in this world, but thank God we're not of this world. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Let me say that again. I said, even though we're in the world, we're not of it. We don't have to live according to the dictates of the world. We don't have to react like the world reacts to everything that's going on that's driven by fear. My God, the whole world is afraid of what it is that's coming on the earth, and they ought to be. But you know, when you're a child of God, you don't have to be afraid of anything because of the one who indwells you. Are you listening to me? And see, that's what I want. 
I don't want to be able to, you know, I don't want to react to all this nonsense, praise God. I want to be able to respond with what God said. He said he'd never fail me. He would never leave me and he would never forsake me. So I'm not going to worry about any of it. You say, ah, you know, that's just, that's, just, that's just foolish thinking. Well, let me think the way I want to think, will you? Amen. And while you ulcerate your stomach and go down the aisle there in the drugstore where all the junk and the gunk is that you can drink to try to do something about that, I'll just live in peace and enjoy faith in God's living word. Huh? Now, here's the thing. You know, when you go into the gym and the trainer says, okay, I want 20 push-ups and I want, you know, a bunch of planks and I want all of these different kinds of things out of you now! Then away you go. And you might start out and say, I can't do that. Well, do what you can. You know, no pain, no gain. Huh? So there has to be change. Glory to God. Amen. So you got to be willing to submit and surrender. There has to be a yieldedness. And if you're not willing to completely yield to him, he, he can't partner with you. doesn't mean he doesn't want to, but he can't. Are you with me? Because he's going to show you a different direction. You know, and, and here's the thing I know. For me, personally, I can only speak about myself. Dude, there was nobody less disciplined in life than I was. I mean, maybe you could argue, oh, wait a minute, you don't know about whatever. But I was not a disciplined person on any level. It's just whatever came, whatever, I, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. That, that's just the way it was. And really, unfortunately, I was a kid, you know, with a life of great potential that was growing up into weeds. And parents, let me tell you something. Your kids need your guidance. And you got to fight for their lives because they're stupid all over out there. And if you don't lead them and guide them and talk to them and, and do what you can to speak into their lives, they will be stupid. Now, that's not very eloquent, but it works. Are you with me? So don't ever let go of that responsibility. God has equipped you. He has given you everything you need. You got the goods. They need what you have to say. Are you listening to me? I was not that person as a kid growing up as a teenager. I was left to myself. It isn't that my mom didn't try, but, you know, mamas can't do it by themselves, fathers. They need you. Are you with me? And I didn't have that. So, dude, I was a loose cannon. I was undisciplined. I had a, a life that was, I didn't have any guidance. You know, your kids need guidance. I mean, even after they get out of the house, they still need guidance. You're the one that's been down the road of life. And so if they're smart, they will open up their heart and their lives and their minds to what you have to say. You know, I remember Brian, Greg, and Amy, you know, I mean, we talk to them all the time. We say, listen, we're not, we're not trying to make your life miserable. And they would sit there, you know, all this, you know, sulking kind of thing and I guarantee you they're going yeah right you know 
You're ruining my life, man. You know? My whole social thing is going down the drain. I want to go and you say no. But yet in our heart. We said, we're not, we're not doing this to make life difficult for you, but that's a place you don't belong. You're a smart enough parent to know that. They aren't. Are you with me? And again, they won't like it. You know, they, they didn't like it. But you know, a lot of years later, they thanked us for it. Are you with me? At least I think they did. I don't know. <laughs> the Bible says to train up a child in the way that he, is, he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. See, kids don't know where to go. They don't know where to go. If you leave it up to culture today, dude, God only knows where they'll end up. Are you with me? Because of all this agenda that's just being pushed right now, we don't have time to get into that, and I really don't want to. But like myself, I didn't have any um, guidance. But listen to me, you guys. Everybody is looking for it. I mean, in their heart of hearts, they, 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 I mean, even people in the world that don't know Christ, they're going, what in the world is going on? They don't know. And so thank God that's where you come in. You know, and so, so everybody's looking for the truth. They just don't know where to look for it at. Thank God for the word. Amen. And thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost wants you to let it. He wants to become your personal trainer. And he said, you know, if you'll do this, it'll change your life. But it's going to cost you. Huh? Everybody say, I'm ready. Yeah, you've got to be ready. Hallelujah. You've got to decide this is what you're going to do. Glory to God. And so when he says it's going to cost you, what he's saying is it's going to cost you. You ready? For it, it's going to cost you everything. Whoever offers his life will save it. And he who wants to hang on to his life will what? Lose it. And I tell you what, it's, it's, it's not a bad proposition in any way, shape, or form, but we like to hang on to stuff, huh? And I don't know what that stuff is. You'll have to decide that for your, yourself. But again, there's no, there really is no greater, uh, uh, there's no one greater at being a change agent than the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But again, you know, a lot of Christians, they don't take advantage of it, so they don't. He said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. How many of you want to have a new thing happen? How many of you just don't want to sit around, you know, and, and uh, do the Christianity 101 thing and just kind of keep it going? It will challenge you. You know, he will, he will tell you things that, that you maybe don't want to hear. But I'm telling you what, if you want God's best, that's the way it goes. God is always moving forward. You know, there was a time in Israel's life, you know, they're out in the middle of nowhere and God tells Moses, he said, what are you complaining to me for? He says, tell the people to get up and go forward. See, God doesn't want us to park as believers. He wants us to move forward. But again, he has to be the priority. His will has to be the priority. His plan has to be the priority. His word has to be the priority. It is the thing that puts you over in life. And there's so many things in life that endeavor to try to crowd him out. So if we're going to have the best year ever, the first thing that we need to do is decide, praise God, he's going to be first. I'm going to ask him what it is that we're doing before we do anything. Amen? 
And you might be surprised about what he says. So he's always moving forward, doing a new thing. And he, again, he wants to do something new in you. Come on, you guys, let's let, this, let's let this year be something, I mean, phenomenal for us. Let's, let's get in. Let's, let's, let's engage in, the, in, in what God is doing, not what you want to do, what he wants to do. Are you listening to me? He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be, what? added to you, the things that you really want, desire, and all of that will come to you when you put him first. He'll bring it to pass. Now, so he's always moving forward. He, he approaches a guy by the name of Abram. He says, hey, listen, if you get out of this country and amongst, from amongst your own, he's got to move. He's got to change. He's got to go somewhere that's unfamiliar to him. He says, if you'll do this, I'll make you a great and mighty nation. Nations will come from you. And I will bless you coming in, going out, hallelujah, and all of the nations of the world will be blessed in you. And he said, I'm in. And he packed it up and headed out. Now, he could have just said, nah, nah, I'm pretty comfortable here. Things ain't too bad. You know, it's going all right. You know, I mean, you know, I don't have some of the crisis that everybody else has, so I'm just going to, you know, roll with it. He didn't do that. Dude, the next day, that guy got up and took off. Well, a lot of things, great things in the scriptures we can read that happened where his life was concerned. And so God made this covenant with him. And I mean, even to this day, because of what he did, we're blessed because of it. Are you listening to me? And then, of course, you know, God promised a new covenant. I'm going to read through these real quick. He said, he said, behold, the days are coming. Everybody say this. My future is bright. Some of you didn't say it. Say it again. My future is bright. You know why you didn't say it? Because you don't believe it. That's exactly. You sit there and you listen, but you don't listen or hear. If you want your future to be bright, dude, you got to say, my future is going to be bright. Now, you know, you say, well, you're kind of scolding me, aren't you? Uh, you know, in a, in a message like this, there's the sweet and then there's the bitter. Going to give it to y'all. Amen? I could placate you and say, oh, you're the most wonderful thing, you know, ever, you know, you know, dawned upon the face of the earth. But you're not. You're not. We're all in this thing together. Amen? So he makes, he makes his covenant with Abraham, and then he tells us that he's going to have a new covenant, because again, he's on the move, always doing something. He says, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah. This is going to be the covenant that I'm going to make with them. After those days, I'm going to put my laws in their heart, or inward parts, and write them in their hearts, and be there, I will be their God, and they'll be my people. And then, and then uh, Ezekiel re-echoes this same thing by saying, a new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'm going to take away your stony heart out of your flesh. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put my spirit within you. I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And then along comes Jesus. That's all Old Testament stuff. And then Jesus comes along and he says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another comforter. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. How many of you know he did this? I said he did this. Jeremiah and Ezekiel prophesied that there was coming a day when you and I would be given a new heart. Ooh, hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God. Oh, I tell you what, hallelujah. 
this is going to get good. <clears throat> Drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalposts of life. That's what I'm going to do to some of you if you don't stir up yourself here a little bit. He said, if you, <laughs> he said, how many of you believe Jesus got his prayers answered? He said, I'm going to ask the Father and he's going to give you another comforter that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive or accept because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him because he dwells with you and shall be in you. He's talking about the disciples prior to his crucifixion. He said, he's gonna be in you. He's in you. He's in you. He's in you. And he's a comforter that has been sent to help us. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept because it does not see him and it does not know him. The world knows nothing about what it is you have on the inside of you. Are you listening to me? So why should it be thought a thing incredible if they don't agree with the way you roll? Huh? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not following after them. I'm following after him. Huh? I'm not doing the world's bidding. I'm doing his bidding. My life is changing. I'm not doing what it is that I used to do because I've made a decision to follow him. Huh? So it shouldn't be a thing incredible at all. He went on then to say, it says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Hallelujah. And then in Luke 24 and 49, he said, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with what? With what? With what? Power. Everybody say, I have his power. You got his power. So if you have his power, you have to stop making excuses. I got about four people that were excited about that concept. We don't talk about the fact we've got his power. We just talk about how come we can't do this and we can't do that. It's her fault and his fault and their fault and everybody else's fault. We make excuses. Okay, I ain't taking it back. That's, that's, that's all I can say. We excuse ourselves. Huh? Or we accuse others, you know, of, you know, you made my life a living whatever, whatever, you know, and if it weren't for you, I wouldn't blah, 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 blah. And I'm not supposed to say blah, 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 blah no more. Sorry. You get it, though, don't you? You know? This is very interesting. You say, is all this in your notes? Well, some of it is. You know? How many of you believe God has your best interests at heart? How many of you believe that God wants this year to be better than the last one? Absolutely. Well, we'll probably have to change the way that we think. Well, you know what happened last year. And you know what the government's doing. And after all, you know, I mean, you know, this and that and the other. Listen, dude, none of that matters in the, in the economy of heaven unless you let it. You can still flourish. You can still be blessed. You can still grow. You can still have blessing in your life. The Bible says there was a great famine, and the Bible says that Jacob, uh, he sowed in, in famine. 
Is that right, Jacob? Yeah. He sowed in famine. Nobody else is doing it, but this guy goes out and sows in famine and reaps a hundredfold. Huh? See, if you'll listen to God, and the thing you have to understand is, is God said, don't leave. Don't do like your, your, the generations. Stay here. Live in the land. I'll bless you. Well, here we are. You and me, we're in this land. And he, until we get some kind of marching order, baby, this is where we need to be. And God said that he would take care of, man, I'm telling you, you got to get a hold of what I'm telling you right now. This is the Holy Ghost trying to stir you up so that you're not looking at what the world's looking at. You just say, I ain't looking at that no more. Hallelujah. And people will say, yeah, but you don't know my circumstance. You don't know my situation. They go, I, no, I don't. But he does. As long as you're going to accentuate that instead of what he said he'd do, then you're not going to get no blessing. Huh? I know it takes faith, but thank God you've got it and you can do it. He said, wait in the city until you're endued with power from on high. And on the day of Pentecost, 51 days after he was raised from the dead, they were all with one accord in one place, just minding their own business. Hallelujah. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. Glory to God. And the Bible says that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon all of them. And they all were filled. Everybody say filled. I'm talking about a change agent baby that's got it going on. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, the Holy Ghost took the chicken out of Peter. He denied him three times, but after he got filled, praise God, he stood up and by the power of the Holy Ghost preached and 3,000 people got saved. That's pretty good stuff. I think something changed and it was the Holy Ghost that did it. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you've been chasing the, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost for like, I don't know how long. What's wrong with you? You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't, I don't know how. You know, I, 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 I don't know. Find out. Get hungry. Why does it have to be somebody else's? Well, I just think, you know, when God wants me to get, my brother said that on salvation. You know, if God wants me to be saved, I'll be saved. And if he don't, I guess then it wasn't for me. That is dumb thinking. If he says, I want you to wait until you receive the promise of my father, which, by the way, has already showed up. Yeah. Huh? <clears throat> Our problem is, is that we're not receiving what it is that heaven has already provided. Right. We're waiting for God to do something. He says, dude, I did it. I poured it out. You have to, and, and a lot of times I understand this, and we can teach along these lines, but people need to be, you know, you need to know how to receive from God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Paul went down to Ephesus, and there was 12 disciples, believers. He went down there, he says, hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we don't even know whether there be any Holy Ghost. <laughs> Jeff, well, what baptism were you baptized unto? And they said, John's. He said, well, he truly baptized and with a baptism of repentance, but, and the Bible says he laid hands on them and they were all filled, glory to God. All 12 of them got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. People say, well, I'm, you know, it's just so divisive, you know, and I mean, it's kind of spooky, you know, and scary. Read your Bible. If God has something for the church, then why are we afraid of what it is he's provided? Now, you know, if you wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost today, you probably could if you would have some faith. 
and say, you know what, I'm going to go down there a little later when the preacher makes the offer, man, and I'm going to, I'm going to receive, here, see, here, I'm going to receive. I don't wonder if I'm going to receive. I'm going to receive. I'm going to receive. I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you just got to get out of your head. You say, well, what, what good is it? Well, why don't you ask Jesus? Hot rod. Well, I can live without that. Yep, you can. Yep, yep, yep. If you want to live in your human reason, you say, well, you're really putting it on me. Yeah, I am, because you know what? You've been here a long time, and it's time to get filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Did you know this was going to turn out this way? No. Yeah, what will people think? Let me ask you a question. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Look at this verse of Scripture with me. This is a change agent here. Come on. Look over here in Acts chapter 2. And notice with me in 37. This is after Peter got done preaching. And he, you know, preached them under conviction. And they said, well, what are we going to do? What are we, men and brethren, what should we do? In verse 38, Peter said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall what? You, you didn't get there yet. And you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Huh? How many of you know you have to receive it? If you don't want to receive it, he's not going to push it off on you. Huh? He's not, you know, he's not going to do that. But if you're hungry and you want more, and you want him to be a change agent in your life, something for you to think about. You say, again, well, what good is it? Well, it helps you pray. For often we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Ghost gives us unction or utterance in the Holy Ghost so that we can pray the perfect will of God. All the time, my wife and I, when we're praying for you, praying for the church, praying for whatever, we say, God, we don't know what to pray. Help us. Give us unction. And because God knows. And so, man, we'll go to town, praise God, for you until we get to victory. And then we know that God is moving in your life, and it's a perfect prayer. I mean, that in and of itself is pretty good. But then the Bible says, you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. It doesn't give you more faith. It builds you up on the faith that you have. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, just giving, you, giving your spirit the opportunity to express itself and give unction to what it is that's on the inside of you to pray out the mysteries of God that are in your life to bring change for you, glory to God. I mean, there's times you'll end up praying for your kids that you wouldn't even know. I mean, my wife, I tell you what, my kids couldn't do nothing without her knowing it. You ask them. You know, they get down on the down low, you know, and hey, man, we're going to do this and that and the other. And man, they walk in the door and my wife would be standing there. Hey, what have you been up to? <laughs> and dude, she'd read their mail. Well, she didn't know that any other way than by the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, praise God, you pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll keep your kids out of trouble too. Did you hear me? Well, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you can't do that. And you're just on your own. Limited. Limited. The Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel. So, you know, if you don't have faith to get filled with the Holy Ghost, then don't do it. But I'm telling you, you need to get faith 
so that you can get filled with the Holy Ghost, not because of me or anybody else, but because, praise God, you're hungry for it. And that's a little sidebar, didn't cost anything, but I tell you what, it's sure good. <laughs> Y'all glad you came today? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about time for you to wake up now. Huh? Now, he promised this thing to Abraham. It came to pass. Then he promised through the prophets Ezekiel and Jeremiah the stuff you and I are living in right now. And he's also promised that Jesus is going to come again. I don't care what you think about it. I don't even care whether you believe it or not. Listen, I'm telling you, the king is coming again. And so you and I need to read the New Testament. And we need to look carefully, look carefully at what it is that Jesus said about his coming. And our responsibility to watch. Huh? You know, get your Bible out, not this. Get your Bible. People, you know, you got your Bibles with you? Come yeah, yeah. Yep, that's what he said. Okay, that's enough of that. And I'm not pounding that, okay? Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm telling you what, dude, you need to get your beady little eyes on the Bible, in the Word of God, and think about and study and listen to what Jesus said. Because he warns us about people who say, well, the master delays is coming. I'm feeling a little ornery today. So I'm just going to go after my wife or I'm going to, you know, beat on my kids or I'm going to do whatever, you know, and I'll get it figured out later. Now, you never think that way, but people do it all the time. Or I'm going to let a bunch of corrupt communication come out of my mouth and we'll deal with it later. That, my friend, is dumb. Woo, it's quiet. <laughs> quiet. So quiet. But I'm having a blast. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, you know, if the shoe fits, everybody's got to wear it. Amen. See, he's coming again. And he said, listen, there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth. God's going to, you know, burn this thing down with fire. That's what the Bible says. One time there was a flood, he used water. This time it's going to be fire. Huh? You say, my God, don't talk to me like that. Hey, I'm just telling you what he said. So while you're out there hugging trees trying to save them and doing all these other things because the icebergs are melting, you could forget about it, dude, because when God lights the torch, they ain't going to matter. I'm just saying. You say, can you really say that in church? Sure, why not? People say all kinds of stuff. Why can't I say what I want to say? I'm only telling you what he said. Read 2 Peter, if you don't believe me. Okay, we're doing all right. How am I doing, son? You can clean this up later, right? <clears throat> Here, look at this. John chapter 14, verse 16. This is the Amplified Bible. It says, and I will pray the Father, he's going to give you another comforter. And then it gives us the definition of the word comforter. That he will be... Um, your counselor. How many of you need some counsel? Okay. He'll be your helper. Man, we need help. 
You know, we all have difficult times in our lives, stuff we're having to deal with, you know, and stuff, you know, hurdles that we're not getting over. Our intercessor, man, I'm telling you what, the Holy Ghost is praying for you, huh? Our advocate, our strengthener, and the one who always stands by us. Hallelujah, amen? And he's gonna abide with us forever. Hmm. So I told you about my own life. I mean, I was, I, I, you know, man, dude, I was almost incapable of doing right because I didn't want to. Huh? You know, sometimes, you know, people, this is another reason why you really need to speak good things into your kids' lives. Because if you tell them how rotten they are, and how no good they are, and how they never do what you tell them, and all these different kinds of things, dude, they will live up to it. Did you hear me? They will. They'll say, well, if they don't believe in me, then I'll, let's, let's just make good on this whole deal that they're talking about. Are you with me? You tell your kids that God loves them, and you love them, and they're the best thing that ever happened to you, and that God has a great plan for them, and they're going to do right by it, and God is going to bless them because they're going to obey Him. Are you listening to me? And you better be a good example while I'm at it. Huh? I said you better be a good example. If you've got a bunch of junk coming out of your mouth, just plan on the fact that your kids will do the same thing. You ever see those progressive commercials? Man, they are awesome. Don't, don't turn into your parents. I mean, it's scary, some of the stuff that they come up with. But here's the fact of the matter is, is when you live in a household, dude, you're going to be like them. So you better make sure that whatever it is that you're communicating, whatever it is that you're projecting, however it is that you're living, huh? Better do it right. And if you haven't done it right, dude, don't beat yourself up. There ain't no use getting condemned about it. Repent and say, God, you got to help me right now. Are you listening to me? Yes. Am I in the right house? Yes. Come on now. Don't, you, you, uh-oh, you're starting to fade. Uh-oh, I'm going to have to, I, mean, I got to hustle. Hallelujah. You know, when God <clears throat> gives new life to us, when we're born again, a new path is given to us. You have a new path. Everybody say, I got a new path. Yeah, he's got a new path for you. Hallelujah. And, and not only that, but the, the power to carry it out. He said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Everybody say, I'm a new creation. Yeah, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. What? New. What? New. I'm going to do a new thing. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's what God wants to do in your life. He doesn't want you to get bored with Christianity. Hallelujah. Go out and tell somebody that Jesus loves them. It won't be boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, so here's a, here's a fact. You ready for this one? You have everything you need to bring about change and, you have to ha and to have the best year of your life. You got it. And you've also got the capability within you to make that happen. But, but, everybody say but. You have to listen, you have to obey, and you have to be diligent and disciplined. Everybody say, ouch. ouch. Yeah, why? Because that's worth it. You know, uh, I, and again, I tell you, man, ain't, there wasn't nobody more undisciplined than I was, but all of a sudden Jesus started saying, uh, no, uh, we're not doing that anymore. You can't do that. 
You can't, you can't live in the world, you can't have one foot in here and one foot in, in the church and expect to have the blessing of God. That, uh-uh, no, you can't do that. Are you with me? Huh? So, <clears throat> I gotta try to cut this down because I'm running into it. Where, where is it the Holy Ghost is gonna lead you? Well, he'll lead you into honesty, he'll lead you into integrity, he'll lead you into righteousness. Are these things qualities that are within your life? He'll, he'll lead you into discipline. He'll lead you into diligence. He'll help you have a work ethic, you know, into righteousness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those different kinds of things. And really, when I read the scriptures, especially the book of Proverbs, I try to read one chapter every day for 30 days, and you get through it, you know, every month. You know, so conceivably, you could read the whole thing 12 times. But the, the book of Proverbs is a book of responsibility and self-discipline. You know, I mean, read it in that context and you'll discover that. I want to share this scripture with you. Y'all doing all right? You know, I haven't preached for a couple weeks, so I, I got to get this off. Hallelujah. Look at this in, in Proverbs um, chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Hallelujah. Y'all going to stay with me? How about the rest of you? Come on. You know. Well, you know, I never go past about 35 minutes. Well, we're going to blow that out of the water today. Come on. <laughs> Notice what it says here. Proverbs uh, chapter 6, verse 20. My son or daughter, keep your father's commandments and forsake not the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them around your neck. And when you go, it'll, it'll lead you. When you go, it will lead you. When you go, it will lead you. When you go, it'll lead you, and then when you sleep, it will keep you. And when you wake, it will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. Now listen to the last phrase. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Well, don't be telling me what I'm supposed to do. Okay. But if you want God's best, you're going to have to humble yourself and say, God, what is it I need to be doing? Woo! Come on now. I mean, that's, that's like somebody just took a brick and hit something. Yeah, yeah. The reproofs of instruction are the way of life. God will reprove you. All right, let me give you this definition. I'm trying to hurry. Notice it. To reprove means to scold or to correct, usually gently or with kindly intent. So if God reproves you, it's not like he's all mad at you and all jacked up about what it is. He's trying to help you. Yeah. And then also to express disapproval of. The Bible says the iniquities of the wicked ensnare him and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. Because he dies for lack of discipline because of his great folly ends up being led astray. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life. But he who rejects reproof, huh, leads others astray. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself. But he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. Poverty and disgrace will come to him who ignores instruction. But whoever, listen, heeds reproof will be honored. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. And he who hates, re and listen to this, he who hates reproof is what? What's it say? Stupid. Stupid. I didn't like to be reproved. I didn't want anybody telling me what to do. 
I certainly didn't want my mother, my father, any of that. I didn't want any of it. And it led me astray. And I went down the same path as a whole bunch of other kids did. And we were all in this rebellion thing. And I tell you what, it cost us dearly. Are you with me? So we need to listen to what it is that God's saying. Can you say amen? If we want the blessing of God. And again, I'm going to try to come to some kind of a close here. Hallelujah. You know, for some of you, this is, this is going to be a game changer for you. Some of you, maybe not. Maybe it's just, well, you know, he, he's pretty stirred up today. Well, he kind of got after us a little bit, you know, but, yeah, well, let's go watch a football game. Who's playing this afternoon? Yeah. Away we go. I, I went back to a gym. <laughs> and it, it's, it, it's not always very much fun. But if you want something, you got to do it. Here's his statements on the wall. If it doesn't challenge you, it will not change you. So if I don't challenge you, ain't nothing going to change. Are you with me? I don't, I don't care if you're talking about your physical body or if you're talking about, you know, your spiritual life. Sometimes we just have to be challenged. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. Pastor Brian, he spoke of, you know, crucifying yourself. Well, really, what he meant was is to crucify selfishness. The real you, the real, your real self is a spiritual being. You're born of the Spirit of God. And what God wants you to do is get rid of selfishness. Okay, it's not about you. Everybody say, it's not about me. That's hard for you to say, isn't it? Yeah. It's not about you. It's about Him. Hallelujah. And so he talked about, you know, crucifying the flesh. Getting, and, and, and I don't know if he ever talked about this, but getting rid of toxic relationships. You say, wow, I was just waiting for that, Pastor. She's gone. That's not what I mean. Okay? People interpret things. I mean, they, they come up with all kinds of stuff. But there are some relationships that aren't healthy. Are you with me? You know? And I'm not talking about your marriage, by the way. <clears throat> I think I can share this without, you know, being out of uh, order. I just did a funeral for a young man, not a young man, he's my age actually. A young man, okay. Anyway, um, went on to be with the Lord. He had a bunch of health problems, ended up passing away. And, and, um, but his, his story um, was, well, it's, it's worth noting. You know, he grew up in the world. Uh, really, he's probably a lot like me in the sense that he didn't have necessarily a lot of guidance in his life, so it led him down a path, but he got saved. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Gave his heart to the Lord, got turned on to Jesus, started living for him. But he still had a lot of problems because we, we have all this excess baggage, you know, that, you know, if, you're, if, if there's a susceptibility, you know, for you to, 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 to be a drug abuser or different things like that. You have to fight against that. You have to fight through it. And he had quite a bit of struggle. And finally, praise God, he overcame it. And he got free, praise God. And he started, and his life turned around. And, you know, he started doing things. He started prospering, you know. And he had all kinds of, for 12 years, for 12 years, he was doing great. Life was good. I mean, you know, just everything's going in the right direction. And then he met someone. And that someone was admittedly maybe not a good thing for him and so for the next 17 years everything went the other way and he ended up dying a pauper well that certainly wasn't God's best 
But what's unfortunate is, is that there wasn't something that he, he was able to recognize, this is not a healthy thing for me to be in. Because they're not, they're not contributing to my support. They're not pushing me. You know, when people are pushing you toward the gospel, pushing you toward Jesus, pushing you toward engagement, pushing you toward a small group so that you can grow, all of those different kinds. Dude, it's a good thing. I said, it's a good thing. And you need to jump in. Say, yeah, but you know, that's going to take some time. Yes. But what else are you going to do with your time? Huh? Yeah, it's kind of hard, but I'm getting to it. So, remember, I'm going to close now. Not one of you. How many of you are saved here today? Born of the Spirit of God. Let me see your hand. Hold it up there so that Jesus even knows it. Yeah, there you go. All right. There isn't one of you that is without aid for you to be able to have the greatest year that you've ever had. And you'll have to make some changes. You'll have to do some things differently. You have to maybe take, a, 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 take an inventory of your life and say, you know what, I'm not really a, I need to bone up on this thing here. And so you start studying along those lines and you ask Jesus to help you understand and you get where it is that you want to go. Because God has some great things. Look around you, look. Look at everybody around you. That's why we built a sanctuary, so you could all watch everybody. Huh? Look around you. God has made changes in every one of the people that you see here in this church. I remember Ginny and, you know, I talked about Ginny and, and Reed. And dude, when they got married, I thought, this ain't never going to work. She was so, how would I describe you? Wild. wild. Mom says wild. That's a good definition. <laughs> Reed had himself a tiger by the tail. But you know, here they are. What's your anniversary? October 17th. How, August 17th. Well, how many? 38 years this year. 38 year. Isn't that awesome? Now, let me ask you a quick question. Did you guys ever have any rough spots? Yeah, baby. But here they are, sitting on the front row, practically. What? Loving Jesus, following Jesus, living for Jesus, telling others about Jesus. Change. So everybody in this room, he's made changes for the good. Hallelujah. And I, and I mean, everybody sitting next to you now, they're not perfect. <laughs> but anyway, so what's it going to be, you guys? Come on. Decide for yourself. What are you going to do? You're going to follow him? You're going to yield to him? You're going to obey him? You gonna stop making excuses? Come on now. You gonna get out of them funky relationships, man, they ain't doing you no good and they're just toxic, dragging you down, dragging you away, pulling you off? Man, dude, if it doesn't contribute to the support of your loving Jesus and following him, dude, you need to find someplace else to be. All they wanna do is sit around and talk about people and you know what they're not doing and all of this, finding fault. Dude, you gotta get someplace else. Are you listening to me? If you want God's best, how many of you want God's best? Let me see your hand. How many of you want, you want God's best? Well, okay, then you gotta, you gotta make some of these decisions. You say, yeah, but I really like them. Well, it's okay to like them. Just don't hang out with them. If you're not gonna be the influencer in the relationship, then hit the road, Jack. Okay? So, let's everybody stand. I gotta stop. Y'all glad you came? Come on, we're going to do something different this year. 
We're going to get on with it. We're going to do some great things to advance the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. And not only that, but our lives are going to be different because we're going to pursue him. Hallelujah. Charge, you know. You got to run because pretty soon there's going to be a trumpet. And he's going to come and you say, man, I wish I would have got after it. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it now. Everybody say, I'm going to do it now. You're going to do it now. You're going to change right now. You're going to move forward right now. Now. Faith is now. So I want to pray a prayer with you. Hallelujah. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you so much for this congregation. All those watching online, Father, even those that couldn't be with us today. But Lord, I'm telling you that there's a plan you have for us. There's a purpose, Father, that you've called us to, and it's your kingdom. It's all about you and your kingdom. And so, God, I ask you to help us to reshape and form our hearts. Yes, Lord God, thank you, Father. Lord, thank you, Father. Bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's many needs here today. There's different challenges, even the stuff that I've talked about here today. I mean, you know, maybe on the inside of you, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's rankled you. You know what I mean by that? It's like, oh, I don't like that very much, but, but it's okay. Because praise God, I'm, I've told you things here today because God loves you. Amen. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hey, I'm a nice guy. But you know, when these things come up on the inside of us, what it is, is it's an indicator. It's saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Hey, there's something up here. And so what I want you to do right now, just as an act of your own will, say, God, I ain't, I'm not feeling good about this, but I know that you're dealing with me and you're talking to me about something. And Father God, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. And if you'll do that, I will guarantee, I mean, with an honest heart, if you'll do that, I will guarantee you that God will come to you, minister to you, speak to you, and bless you right where you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come today with a desire in my heart to do your will. So I ask you, Lord, to open up the eyes of my understanding. Help me to see the way you do. And Lord, I want to grow spiritually. I want this year to be different than last year. And so I thank you by the aid of the Holy Ghost to make that happen. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Now, I'd like for you to continue with your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Is there anyone here this morning who never asked Christ into your heart? I had a show of hands that looked to me like that most people were saved, but even on the internet, those of you that may be watching, if you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, you know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation and right now is the accepted time. Now is the time. If you were like me as a teenager, I said, yeah, I know I need to, but I don't want to do it now. Well, you know, later might be too late. So while you're standing there with your heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, if you hear you've never asked him into your heart, and you say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I have an interest in your prayers. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look across the crowd that's here today? You've never asked him into your heart. Hallelujah. 
All right, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, you heard the preacher talk about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you have a desire, you want to be filled, you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence speaking with other tongues, lift up your hand and say, hey, Pastor, I'm in on that. I want that. Let me see your hand anywhere as I look. There's a gal right here. Okay, you can put your hand down. Anybody else? There's another gal. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? You want to be filled? Yep, there's another one. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah, you might as well get filled with the Holy Ghost today. Anybody else? All right, those of you that raise your hand, come on down. Just step out from wherever you're at. Come on down, and we'll get you filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You say, can we do that? Sure, come on. It'll bless you, yeah. Stand right here. Hallelujah. Stand right here. This is going to be a good day for you. Amen. And you. And you. Oh, honey. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Hallelujah. I tell you, the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. Look at that. Three women showed up. Hallelujah. Where's the guys at here? Uh, I don't know about that. Well, whatever. Anybody else? Come on. Let's get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, come on. You know, it only takes a step toward the front. Praise God. Amen. I'll wait a little bit more. Say, yeah, that waiting makes me nervous. Don't be. Get over your nervousness. Amen. Anybody else? Now, don't be coming up to me after the service. Say, you know, I, sh- I knew I should have went down there. Come on now. There you go, buddy. Come on. That a boy. Hallelujah. Stand right there. Let's give this guy a hand. Takes a little courage. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Anybody else? <clears throat> you say, you're going to wait longer? I might. Amen. Aaron, don't be moving around. Any movement I see, I think it's somebody coming. Aaron, Aaron's working, you know, the technical side of things. Anybody else? All right. Hallelujah. All right. Now, you're all born again. You're a child of God? Huh? Yes. Have you been born again? Yes. Okay. All right. And so as a child of God, he said, if you'll come, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Well, you've come. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to pray with you. And when we pray with you, we're going to lay hands on you. I'm going to invite my wife to come here in a moment. We're going to pray for you. And praise God, it's not going to come out of here. It comes out of your spirit. It comes out of your heart. And you say, well, I don't even know what that is. Well, here's the thing you need to understand. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak as the Spirit gives them utterance. So here's my point. A lot of times people think that, you know, God's just going to overwhelm them, overtake them, and then all of a sudden they're just going to go for it or whatever. No, you do the speaking. He will give you the utterance. It may seem, seem kind of strange, you know, or whatever the case might be. You're not going to speak in English. But I tell you what, if you'll just yield to him, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So come on up here, honey. You all stretch your hands out toward these folks. We're going to get them filled with the Holy Ghost. You all ready? Huh? Everybody say, I'm going to get filled. All right, so I want you to pray this prayer with me, okay, all of you together. And, and I just want you to pray it out loud so you can hear yourself say it. Say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today because I am a child of God, because I've been born again. And I ask you to fill me with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
And I just want to thank you, Father God, for doing it in my life. Amen. Heavenly Father, we lay our hands on her in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Well, just begin to speak and it'll come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just yield. You have to just yield. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got it. There you go. You do the speaking. He'll, he'll, don't fall down. Just speak with a, yeah, come on. There you go. There. Yeah. You got it. It's real easy. Just receive. Hallelujah. Okay, here we go. Ready? In the name of the Lord Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So here he comes. Yeah. Now you begin to speak. Yeah, you give vent. You voice. You give voice. If you don't talk, he can't feel you. Come on. Father, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you ready, honey? Here it comes. Father, I thank you right now for filling this girl with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Go ahead and just get a little Give vent. Come on. It'll come. Yes, it's by faith. You just got to get it out there, man, and let her go. There you go. You got it. Come on. There it is. Good, 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 good. You ready? Here it comes. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for filling this man with the Holy Ghost from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Go ahead and just begin. He'll fill you. Glory to God. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go ahead. Just give vent, man. I mean, let her rip. Glory. Thank you, Lord, for filling him. Amen. You got it. Don't let your head get in the road. And <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Just give vent. Shinde Prophetina. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Belasinesho. And go say there, 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 there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. Hallelujah. That's it. Now, I need some people. Uh, who's who's working? Reed and Jenny? Listen, you four. You see them too? The ones that have been married for 38 years? Miraculously. Go with them. And let them answer any questions, talk to you about any, you know, whatever it is, problems that you have. They'll help you. Okay? All right? Will you do that? All right. There they are. Go that way. Yes. Amen. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Bless you. Turn up the lights. There you go. I like it this way better. How many are you glad you came today? I got a few more things I want to talk to you about. You say, well, it's really getting late. Forget about your late. Do you have a time bake on your oven? It'll be okay. Okay? And if it's not, I'll buy you a new roast. How about that? Okay? You didn't know this. Many of you may have not noticed or known this, but last week on the 8th of January, it marked the 44th anniversary of Fellowship Church. Yeah, amen. Praise God. 44 years. My wife was 21, and I was 18 days past my 23rd birthday. So just know we didn't have a clue. But we had a mandate, a call on us, 
and, and, and a heart to help people. And so God himself is the one who gave birth to this church. This was not my idea, okay? Matter of fact, I had a lot of the things that I would rather think about doing than being a pastor, okay? But you know, you gotta answer the call. I said you have to answer the call. And so we did that, and you know, the whole deal, the driving force behind um, what it is that we began to do at that time is, is we wanted people to have what we had. We wanted them to discover the abundant life that is in Christ Jesus. And now 44 years later, here we are, and we're still doing it, and we're gonna keep doing it. Because that's the plan. Go into all the world and preach the good news, gospel, to the world. And that's what we've been doing for a long, long time. And so... Is it, was that my phone? Yeah. <laughs> Here I am, you know, trying to say something. <clears throat> and uh, so here's the thing. We wanted people to have an abundant life, but we knew that the only way that was going to happen was through faith in God's word. And we've been preaching the word of faith, that you can trust in what God said with your life and that he will bring it to pass. Are you listening to me? And again, you know, over all these years, I mean, you look around, you see the people that are here, and there are untold thousands of people that have come through the doors of this church that have been blessed as a result of all of that. Over the years, we've had the privilege of being able to help, you know, a whole bunch of people enter into the full-time ministry. People have come out of this church. We've also had the privilege of being, you know, planting or raising up churches. I remember when it first started happening, we were sad. Why? Because the people were leaving. You know, when you only got 50, 75 people and 25 of them say, oh, pastor, you've just blessed us so much, we're going to go out and start another church. And 25 of them leave. It's like we're going the wrong direction here. But you know, the church in Harlan, there's churches in Shenandoah, there are different churches throughout, you know, in different parts all over the place. They come out of this church. Dude, we're the only thing that was out here in a cornfield. And everybody thought we were called. But I tell you what, God was doing things and he was making it. We've had missionaries that have been sent out from here around the world. And not only that, but we've also helped other people that are missionaries around the world. Students have been trained and raised up through Rhema Bible schools. There's 200 and uh, last time I checked, 67 or 70 Rhema Bible training centers around the world. And it continues to grow. And uh, we've supported them, and we continue to support them. And we've even taught in those schools. Went to Greece, went to Africa, went to different places, you know, preaching the gospel. That's what we've been doing. Why? Because that's what God called us to do. Joan and I, we've had the privilege of seeing all three of our kids. Everybody say all three. Yeah, all of them. Follow us in ministry. Now, I tried to sell them off. I said, you know, maybe you ought to just think about something else. Why? Because the ministry is not always easy. And if you don't know that heaven has called you, it's gonna be a rough road. Are you listening to me? But we have the privilege, and I tell you it is a privilege that all three of our kids are involved in ministry. We couldn't be more proud of them in terms of what it is that they're doing. I I gotta stay with my notes or else I'll, So Pastor Brian has been with us for 20, Long years. 
He's been the youth pastor four times. Still is. <laughs> but that's going to change. Hallelujah. We're going we're to get some. You know, it's hard to keep youth pastors. You know, they're, they're a dying breed. And they're hard to find. So, but he has. He's been faithfully involved with us for these past 20 years doing the work. And, and so what I want to announce to you this morning is, is that we're going to be making Pastor Brian the lead pastor of Fellowship Church today. Amen. And my wife and I are going on vacation. No, no, we're not going anywhere. You know, don't, don't, don't worry about that. But um, <clears throat> let me say a few things about this. You know, and, and what you don't know about it, some of you would, the staff and things would, but, but for the past year, he's effectively been doing everything as far as the administration and uh, operational things of the church and even providing a great deal of the direction within the church. And he's done a splendid, fantastic job. Really has. And, uh, you know, it's, um, um, you know, for us, for Joan and I, I mean, uh, we are, uh, we're, we're pretty excited about the simple fact that we have the privilege of being able to pass the torch to this couple. And um, so in many ways, I mean, you, you don't always think of it in these terms, but in many ways, it's kind of a crowning achievement. I mean, what better uh, thing can you do than to entrust what you've worked for 40 some years to do and entrust it to your own son? I think that's awesome. Amen. And so we're excited about that. And here's the thing I want to tell you about. And that is, is that I, I call him a kid, but this man is a vision for this church. And not only that, but he's got a passion to reach the people that are around it. He just doesn't want to sit idly by and, you know, sit around on our laurels and say, look whatever has happened, you know, in the past. He wants to do something now. And so I want to encourage all of you to get behind this man and his wife and help push. Anybody can pull. Anybody can just, you know, whatever. But if you want to get in and help push, they need your help. We're going to help them push. You know, we're going to keep involved, you know, and we're not going anywhere. So, you know, nothing like that. But <clears throat> he's going to drive the train. It's going to be good. So the future is bright for the church. And we're excited about all of that. And, uh, you know, the, at the end, end, end of the day, you guys, there's a generation out there that needs to be reached. And God raised this church up in the middle of a cornfield for that purpose. Okay? It's not man's device. It's not, I'm so thankful. Well, I don't need to get into that. But I'm just glad for what it is that he's done uh, through us and in us. So, um, yeah, let's do this thing together, shall we? Amen. And like I said, I had a little PS on there. Uh, we're, we're still going to be involved in ministry and preaching and teaching and marrying and burying and, you know, all of those different kinds of things. We'll just call him up every time something goes sideways. Say, hey, Bubba. Merry Christmas. Anyway, let's give him a big round of applause. He's going to come and visit with you a little bit. Amen. You can be seated. Yeah. Wow. It never 
expect this to be this hard. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's so funny because I literally have a note on my phone that was pretty much everything that he said this morning. Uh, uh, Isaiah 43, you know, that he wants to do a new thing. and. It's uh, super awkward, right? Because like watching him cry. But you know, the thing is, is that I'm so thankful and so grateful for our, our family. Um, really for mom and dad. You know, when you think about them starting at like that age, the sacrifice that they made, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't. say this, you know, that we will just, just continue to steward what it is that they started and just continue to do what it is that we've been doing for 44 years. I mean, it's just, it's a stewardship thing because, you know, we're, we're standing upon what it is that they started and what other people um, that came along with them, you know, uh, and, and just sacrificed, you know, nothing good in life happens without that sacrifice. And so we will just continue to, to push forward, to continue to, to do what it is that this church was, was, was designed to do. And that is to reach the lost. And, uh, and I just, it's, it is a privilege, an absolute privilege to, to, I've served here, you know, he joked about the fact that it's been 20, 20 years and, uh, you know, uh, it's been, it's been a blast though. Yeah. You know, the day I left, I vowed I would never come back. <laughs> but I can't imagine life anywhere else. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful for them. But I'm so thankful for all the people that are part of our church, the people that are here, the people that have gone. I mean, I've, I've, I've had the privilege of seeing and, and watching so many people's lives be touched and changed by the power of God. And just, um, it's just been a privilege. And, and I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about the people that are gonna uh, continue to come. I'm excited about all of us just bringing the gifts, the talents, the abilities that we all have. You know, it's not just one person. It's not just me. It's not just him. It's it's all of us working together to to reach the people that are in this region. It's 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 you and it's me working together, coming together in faith, believing in faith, standing in faith for what it is that God wants to do. Because when He can do something in us, then He can do something through us. And I think that what Pastor said today was just. It was, it was so true that, that this idea that he wants to do a new thing in us, 
He wants us to change, but it's going to take that. It's going to take us changing. It's going to take us adjusting. It's going to take us stretching in order to move forward and do what it is that needs to be done. And I believe that God, God's going to give us the increase. Amen. I mean, we're going to we're going to put our hand to it. We're going to be faithful in what it is that we know to do, and God will give the increase, and many many people will be touched and changed by the power of God. Amen. Amen. So I just invite you to come along with us. I know it might it might be different. You might be saying, I don't like that guy. I like the other guy. But guess what? Like he said, he's not going anywhere. You know, he's going to be here. And, and together we're all, all of us, all of us are going to work together to build a great house, a, a great house of restoration, a great house of healing, a great house of salvation, a great house where people are set free, a great house where people come for the presence of God. And so I invite you to come along with us. We need your help need all of you. And uh, I'm thankful for all of you. We love you and appreciate you. And uh, thank God I made it through that without falling through the whole thing. <laughs> Amen. All right. So here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to stand with me if you would, please. And then I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Brian and Rachel to come and stand. We want to pray for and over them. I'm going to invite my advisors. So if you're an advisor of the church here, would you please come and join us? Pastor Glenn, if you would come, I'd like for you to be here. And uh, amen. <laughs> here, I'll trade sides. Okay. Just two of you. Man, these advisors like to vacate, don't they? All right. Well, stretch your hands out toward this young couple, will you? Father in heaven, in the name that is above every name, we come before you this day. And we're so grateful, Father God. <clears throat> for that which you have done in our lives, through our lives, through the church. And Father God, this new chapter that we're about to embark on. God, we lay our hands upon them now in the name of Jesus entrust your grace and your blessing, Father God, and endowment of the Spirit of God for unction, utterance in the Holy Ghost, wisdom beyond their years, Father. Oh yeah, thank you, Lord, to navigate, Father God, and to respond. Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace in their lives, wisdom, strength, courage. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, for blessing them coming in and going out. We thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go. You got everything you need, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Love you too. <clears throat> All right. World is full of surprises. Okay, would you like to be seated? We're going to receive our offering quickly.